Look at that dog. Look at that dog. Look at that belly. Oh my uh, god, he wants that belly rubbed. Yeah, you guys watch oh my, my dog while you go. You gotta do it. You he gotta he's like, a, he's like a raspberry. Just go like. <laughs> oh, rub that dog. Get that dog. See, dogs are to be rubbed, not splashed. <laughs> as, as my cohort. I mean, sometimes you gotta do it though. No, no splash a dog. You, you, but Derek, I'm just saying, like if it's you splash a dog, or you run into a shopping cart full of dogs. No. You're not gonna splash a dog. You're gonna kill all the dogs in the shopping cart. I'm gonna do neither of those things. I'm gonna get out the car. I'm gonna pet every single one of them, except for the ones that growl at me. What are you gonna do? The ones that that growl at you? I'm just gonna leave them be. Leave them be. I ain't gonna splash them though. I don't. I don't. I'm just saying. No need to splash. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for our lives. That sometimes you just gotta splash the dog. I mean. No. And I'm like saying no. It's not. It's never right to splash a dog. <laughs> All right. Sometimes you got you got to stab someone in the no. Sometimes you got to punch a friend in the face. Okay, well maybe that works. Maybe but. that works. <laughs> All right, let's just jump into it. Ready? Set. Podcast Damn. number eighty-six. Game Club. What? Link's what? Awakening. This the second part, the reckoning, what? deuce, not to be confused with deuce, but yeah. Anyway, it's still two. Yeah, deuce is. Still I think two. that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Who do we have here joining us for our second and final edition of our game club for Link's Awakening Game Boy Classic? Sweet game. Well, we brought back Derek Alexander. I'm I'm back again. I think at this point, I get a free <laughs> I get a free sandwich. Do you have? Yeah, I've been on fan game or someone card. Yeah. <laughs> And they're the official Fangamer stamp card puncher outer Ben Kerrigan. <laughs> it's me. I got the Va- thing. The whole I get bunch. free validated parking. Yes, mm-hmm. for you and your microphone. So before <laughs> we get into Game Club and the mini voicemails and other stuff that people sent us, um, basically we need to talk about some email because guys, I got two emails. Two. That's two hundred percent more than almost the last did we ever get so and you know what it was derek take a guess at what people were so impassioned about to email us uh talk about how awesome ben's hair is got that close pretty boy swag it's close it was was about anime okay i'm pretty anime to recap (laughs) last week we had oh actually before we recap we have a live show today People are watching us right now, and they're like, why is this the first time I tuned in today? You guys spent like an hour and a half getting ready. <laughs> Shut up. Also, and that's Whoops. Derek's fault. Also, the la- at least the last half hour was Derek's fault. We have a live stream with us here. Uh, let's see, who do we have in the chat, Ben? We got, uh, we have DJ Gatan. What? We have Aquas. <laughs> you really read Azrael yourself Kirby. first. Hey, you really he was did. the first one there. He was the first one. We got PK Ropefish for some reason. I don't know why he's in there. Uh, Ilobo, Slim <laughs> Hazard. We got Bonjour Duck, who it's his first time. Bonjour. Chaotic Lemming, Korvac, Eboon Cloud Slayer. I don't know what those clouds did to you. Uh, we got Jurouge. Jurouge. I'm not sure what that is. Pyro Guy 42, Rundevra, Skullric, and Zafe. I like Zafe, so you know why? Easy to pronounce. It's a good yeah. Zafe. What? Well, except like, 
when we had the Starship Amazing podcast, they thought we were pronouncing it wrong. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, back to the emails. So last week, uh, I watched a lot of anime because I was recommended a Moe anime to watch by <laughs> Rune Devros. And I watched four or five episodes. Didn't really enjoy it, but I spoke mm-hmm. my piece on why I did enjoy it and what the anime was I did like. And we got a lot of responses. Uh, Rune wrote up a blog post on his blog talking about Moe anime and why he enjoys the more no, no, slower no, no, pace. No, 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 no. He no. did not write about Moe anime. No, he didn't. It's not what Moe is. Re- how Slice of Life. Well, you no, just no, confused. no. Slice of Life and Moe are completely different things. Um, okay. The term he used was like... Sorry. Oh, my Sorry. God. I thought uh, Moe was like cute, adorable little weird things. Like yes. That. Okay. It, you know, Moe is supposed Writing to like down. be a thing that invokes a little sister feeling inside of you, which is a little creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's but, a um, little kind of creepy. Okay. If not very creepy. What is the slice of life anime? Does it have a name? No. The slice of life is slice of life, but what he was talking okay. about is something. Sudaisu Oberaifu. <laughs> no, he was talking about this kind of anime that's like the main focus is in like character interaction. That isn't necessarily a slice of life. There was a name mm. for it. That's like, like, Yashike. Okay, my bad. I thought it was Moe, but I'm bad it's, at it's the animes, obviously. Um, yes, I'm not going to use anime terms anymore. I don't... <laughs> whatevs. But um, people did email me some suggestions and some comments on my theories about anime. And I got a lot of people agreeing, saying, yeah, uh, I'm not going to read this person's <laughs> full name. He's anime also a anime theory just sounds like the stupidest college program <laughs> ever. That's what I'm in. Um, you got basket yeah. weaving, you got DDR class. Why not anime theory? Um, Aspirity? I'm sorry. I'm butchering however you say your name. but um, You know so who you are. They, they agreed in terms that, yeah, just like with TV, lots of stuff that's good, lots of stuff that's bad. Just got to find the good stuff. And they put out some suggestions. So I thought I would take many of these suggestions. I'm going to try and watch them. But I wanted to um, share them with the audience and see what they thought as well. So um, he was saying that Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, superior to the original, definitely worth watching. Another one called Clanad. Clanad. Yeah. Story about a high school delinquent who passes days by doing nothing. Um, And then I I got another email. From Peter, he says, first up, the title of his email, don't watch anime from Crunchyroll. Because <laughs> he says okay. a lot of that's that kind of uh, not a lot of good content, uh, a lot to filter through. But some of the his suggestions that he made, uh, the wings of Hanamis, Hanamis by the people who did Gainix, or the, no, the Gainix guys who did FLCL. Gainix, yeah. Um, Girl in the Gun. Let's see. Everything- and Penny and Stocking. Everything made by Satoshi Khan. Perfect Blue, yeah. Actress, Tokyo Godfather. Ooh, Tokyo Godfather. That sounds I, I, awesome. I need to watch that, Tokyo Godfathers. Paprika? It's... All I know about Paprika is that the girl Spice. eats a burger and it looks like a good burger. So I want to watch that movie. <laughs> a real good burger. I was at the uh, Safeway and the Safeway has little kiosks at the end of some of their uh, aisles with like DVDs on it. And it's a lot of just standard dvds you can get anywhere in movies you've seen before but mm-hmm. pe- paprika i saw paprika at the safeway i wow. figured that's that that has penetrated wow. the culture in such a way that i probably should see this movie safeway. if it's not safeway you at the top <laughs> <laughs> so that was and then what else you got on here let me read through some more of these um windaria a great fantasy movie that goes against every anime cliche 
uh, Sword of a Stranger, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Yes. That's, that's actually really good, yeah. Watch that in Summer Wars. That was this next one, Summer Wars. If you like The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, watch this. It's by the Does same have, guy. They're both fantastic. Does he have Azumanga Dio on there? That one's really good. I think that's a good uh, intro to Slice of Life, maybe. The I really one, like Azumanga Dio. Last one, Bacano. Is an amazing show yeah, and available really through good. Netflix. So I'm going to check out a bunch of that stuff. I definitely uh, appreciate the suggestions. I'm thinking next week when Liz comes back, we do anime show for real. Piss people yeah. off one more time. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do let's just do a show that's like what things Liz is a fan of. That's going to be that show. Yeah, that'll be that an anime. Uh, that'll be on it. So Ben, you've been watching some anime though. Yeah. I've been. I watched Summer Wars, and then I watched so much Legend of the Galactic Heroes. So, so much that you're so gonna much, get their hair. So much that I'm gonna get the haircut. Wait, who's haircut? Good haircut? Reinhard von Lohengrim. I mean, you're already halfway like there, golden. dude. It's not. Gonna I'm be halfway a there. Point. Yeah. Yeah, not really. I, I actually I messaged my hairdresser about it. She's so excited to give me beautiful anime hair. <laughs> it's gonna be good. <laughs> to text, yo, need beautiful anime. Hair. Ugu me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Um, Ugu me out. <laughs> what else have you been doing, Ben? Besides picking out a haircut. Nothing really, aside from going to the gym at three in the morning. Um, listen to workout tape. Listen to Kanye's workout plan and getting that man I deserve. That's that's pretty much been it. Good times. Okay. I, uh, I, I want to use, I guess, my space here since I haven't been doing much, to plug a little something that Ooh. is near Ooh. and dear to my heart. Oh. A man named uh, David Murray, a.k.a. Sebe, is a guy who makes, like, the coolest, most fun shirts in the universe that aren't about video games, because I'm not going to undersell our own stuff. He just makes, like, cool shirts about tacos who or mm. dinosaurs who want to want you to make them tacos or sandwiches. I want a taco and, um, and a sandwich. Shirts that say Eternal Pizza Party on them. Or this shirt I'm wearing now of a ghost with sunglasses that no one can see. It's a ghost with sunglasses on. (laughs) Either way, this guy, he's been doing his business for five years and has just wanted to make people happy. But while he was down in like Los Angeles, like his van got stolen with all of his junk in it. So uh, LA. Boo. Eh. Yeah, boo LA. And like he got the van back, but there was nothing in it but like a banner and a bunch of garbage. And so he started a Kickstarter to reboot his business, pretty much. And uh, you should go to seibei.com, S-E-I-B-E-I.com. Look at the shirts and be like, wow, I want to support this guy because they're great. And they are great. We had a link to that, don't we? Like Frosted Flakes. Yeah. I'll, I'll put link it, it in here. Show you want me to link to his Kickstarter? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw this in here for the people also there's a an exclusive kickstarter shirt designed by ashley davis and that's another thing i've been doing i've been admiring all this artwork that ashley davis sent me and it's all so good ashley davis is the best oh, so you man, she's gonna be at pax ben yes did you hear about the rumor what that, rumor? that at our booth we're gonna have the most amazing party well not just party right but we're gonna have like Ashley Davis and Chris Furness and Mari and Corey and Zach Gorman and somebody else, I think, all together at the same time. Yeah. Drawing stuff. That's what I meant by artist party. It's a rumor. Rumor as in John put it on Twitter and we don't know if people are going to agree to it. 
Okay, you could say that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the truth, but whatevs. Uh, yeah, okay. So I put the link up there. People can go click on that, check it out. Derek, what have you been up to? It's been a week, buddy. I, I'm not sure if the fans can notice, but my if you see the ceiling in the back of my room here look a little different, I completely yeah. changed my uh, my living room and bedroom. Feng shui? Yeah. You need to get all them Animal Crossing bells. Yep. <laughs> the Happy Room Academy is going to be super happy with me. Yeah. yeah. Do you practice feng shui? Do you know which color to put in which part of the room? No, but I uh just I I moved everything. I moved my computer and stuff out of my bedroom. Now I'm in my living room, so I have like my TV over there. You can't see it. But my TV's it's over game there. Game center in there, basically. Fun Actually, times. where where my computer is right now is where my TV usually is. And so just over my shoulder is where the HVGN couch used oh. to be. All right. Oh, Till so, got taken out. Yeah, the next episode of HVGN is gonna have a whole different look to it. Oh no! It's people, how are we gonna remember Sold this? Out. Yeah, people will remember the year 2011 by not only Happy Video Game Nerd couch changing, but Fraser's yeah. couch changing. It's a, the changing yeah. of the couch. We all we all went we all went on a Monoguchi and sold out <laughs> and got new couches. Hold <laughs> <Ikea>. the gooch. <laughs> uh, you been playing any games this week besides moving around your house? Uh yeah, I've uh, almost finished with the script that I was hoping to have a little more headway on, and also. Just gonna say, uh, if, if he's listening, Frazier, yo, calling you out, dog. T- time's coming. Oh. Leave it at that. Oh, Whoa. oh, oh. Yep. Wow, yep. I want to let him know. You got called out. Call him out. Dang Just call him out, Frazier. Your time is coming, so I'm <laughs> okay. okay. Putting that out there. <laughs> Other than that, just I'm, enjoying life and, you know, you know, slice of life in it. I'm getting Slice super. I'm getting super excited yeah. about packs. I'm getting super yeah. excited about packs. We should yeah. have our weekly get excited yeah. about packs discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I, uh, I borrowed the packs 2009 DVD set from Calvin, and I watched all I need of to it. Watch. Oh god, I need to watch. I was just this. like, can't wait for packs. <laughs> do you know like what you're gonna do first thing when you get there? Like, get, like uh, I, I'm getting there like at two said? in the afternoon on Friday, so I'll, oh, I have dang. to jump in. I have to jump in line for the Chris and Scott, Scott and Chris. Uh, Blamation live panel. That's like the first thing I'm probably gonna do because I think it's like at five, five thirty. But mm. chances are, by the time I get to like, I get to Seattle, I land, I get my shit, get to my hostel, walk over to the convention center. The line will probably be huge. Yeah, that'll probably be the first thing I do. Okay, Look sounds like a good first thing. You miss chip tunes. Yeah, I know. Uh, first, I'm gonna talk about. I was in Seattle, getting super excited about PAX. I was in Seattle earlier this week. And me and John went out, John K, designer of mini shirts, uh, went out to dinner with the host of the Weekly Geek podcast, which is recorded up there in Seattle with uh, by Chris Furness. You might have seen some of his stuff online, does some fun Samus art, uh, and his wife, Jenny. We went out, uh, had some foods. I think we were going to try and do something for their podcast, but uh, we all got really full after dinner <laughs> and really drunk, and we're like, ugh. Podcast, what food else? coma? Yeah, but that was really fun. Getting to meet them. Um, probably gonna try and he's gonna be around the booth. I think on Saturday. Yeah, we're gonna try and do that art get together. Yeah, artist party. It'll be fun. Um, but I've been playing games. Um, but because I've been traveling, they've mostly been iPad stuff. So I wanted to talk about two games. One, I've been playing a lot of Carcassonne on iPad. I've been playing with uh, with Matt. He's in there. There he is. Matt and, and Ann Kay and Paul have all been playing. Oh, and Marty. 
And if you don't know what Carcassonne is, it's a uh, it's actually like a board game that was ported over, and you place these little square tiles, and you form cities and roads and rivers and things with these tiles, and you place little markers on them and gather and accumulate land and get points. It's a very simple game, I would say, to learn, but it, there's a lot of strategy to it. And the, the coolest thing about it is that the iPad uh, version of it is just, a lot of times board games don't translate to the like a video game like console very well, but they've done an excellent job. It's high-res graphics. Um, the, 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 it just feels almost better than playing it on a, on a board, you know, like if you guys ever played Scrabble and you're like, oh, I get all these freaking little pieces and you play like Words mm-hmm. of Friends, like this is where it's at. You play like that. I'm um, playing that and then I'm playing this other game that I think I talked about in the podcast a long time ago, but it's called Battle Heart. I put in about 10 hours into this game and it's for iPhone and iPad. And the best way I can describe it is it's like World of Warcraft, but you don't actually control the characters. You tell them all what to do, and you have like a party of four people, and you tell them to attack the boss, or this guy holds aggro, this guy heals this person. All the little point gestures, and they have power-ups, and you can get better equipment, and your guys can level up. So there's quite a bit of depth, and there's a lot of battles to go through. Um, I highly recommend it if you are looking for an actual game that's on the uh, iPhone, iOS, that you can actually dump some time into it. Yeah. Like, I think it's like five, maybe eight dollars. But I mean, I put in like 10 hours into it and it's, it's been worth it across the board. So that's my recommendation. Cause it is hard to find decent games on, on iPhone, iPad, I think, because there's just so many. There's too many. And you don't know if this is like, this is a game that's fun for soccer moms, but I'm going to get bored (laughs) with it for like, like really quickly so anyway so take a break and then uh we'll continue on the show talk about some Link's awakening stay tuned Link's awakening is still my favorite zelda game and playing it for game club only served to solidify its position to me it's a true classic setting a new standard both as a game boy game and as a zelda game i'm not going to repeat everything the rest of the crew will say though so instead let's focus on the audio candy approach the music The original Zelda had three real songs, the opening theme, the overworld theme, and the dungeon music. A Link to the Past increased the number of songs and improved upon them with updated technology, but most dungeons still shared the same music. I think Link's Awakening is the first to have different music to suit each dungeon. It was another step in giving each dungeon its own personality beyond new enemies and a swapped color palette. Link's Awakening also did some excellent new takes on classic Zelda music, especially up in Telltale Heights. Still, the most memorable songs in this game are some of the originals, Mabe Village and The Ballad of the Windfish. Both songs are instantly recognizable and unique to Link's Awakening, and today's track uses both of them. This is a calm, slow piano arrangement found on OC Remix's album, Threshold of a Dream. It's probably my favorite track on an album that, like most OC Remix albums, tends to neglect its chord melodies. This one at least establishes the original melody before having some fun with it. This is Sunrise and Mabe by Xenon Odyssey.
All right, let's do this. <laughs> let's talk about some some game club. The end of Link's Awakening. Yes, I hope I hope the listeners have beaten this game because we about to rip spoilers. the whole ending apart. Yes. Super okay. spoilers. I got notes on notes. We're gonna do this. Let's, let's start <laughs> where we <laughs> left off. Notes right? on notes. We didn't actually talk about the. Let's spoil the end of the game in the middle of the game part where you go down to. Does it have a name? The, uh, uh, it's just that shrine. Just that, yeah, the, just I think it's shrine. just the Windfish Shrine outside of the face shrine. Okay, yeah. That's the name of it. So, there, which you can kind of stumble into a little bit earlier. Like, you don't have, there's not like a specific order, I think, to, when you have to go there. And no, because I went there with Marin. Yeah. Oh, you brought her there? Yeah. <laughs> and she, she waited outside, and then once I came out, she's like, oh, you're hurt, you jerk. <laughs> okay, that boss fight... I went in there with like earlier than I should have, and that was a really tough fight for me. It took a long time to beat that. Actually, that people watched me lose to that actually on the live stream <laughs> as I was unhappy about it. But um, you got Catfish Mom, blah blah blah, moving on. So the message on the wall. Okay, first let's talk about some theories. Oh man, what what is this? Why would there be a shrine like that? You know. Because it's is it is it for the back? It's for the good guys, right? To try and mm-hmm. wake the windfish up. Yeah. Um, well, if you think about it, the uh, the whole island is uh, like a created by the windfish, and so right. there's all these mechanisms yeah. within the within the the windfish's dreams to wake it up. Like it's the, like Inception, uh, like the yeah, like the owl the about Inception. If you to get the ocarina, you have to go to bed. You have to go in a bed and go to sleep. Uh, you do. So, like, is is that, like, the token or something? <laughs> is that the, yeah, <laughs> the thing is, oh, man, Link's Awakening, Inception. Whoa. What? Mind blown. Oh, no, Nolan, oh, Nolan, I'm calling you out. We know you play Game Boy. Dream- we got dreams on dreams. No. I just got deep. Damn, that's, yeah, he does go to sleep. That's, okay. That's weird. So, you go in there and you read on the wall the tale that if he when fish wakes up everything goes away right yeah this i never quite understood was the monsters from this point on threaten that if you wake up the wind fish you too will go away which i always thought was silly like link came to the island he was not of Mm -hmm. the island why would he ever think they're that's true right like, no, really they, they never threaten him. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. don't think they ever. No, they, they always threaten. Well, at the closing statement of the uh, of the last nightmare, when you kill him, he says, "You know, you know, oh my God, what have you done? This world will vanish. This world will vanish. Yeah. Our world." He never really says your world. It's like well, some. I swear. Let me see if I wrote it down. I don't know that he ever. I think he he makes like we are all going to go away. We're all mm. going to disappear. But Eagle's they make a power point. boss actually says that killing the or waking the windfish ends your life as well. He says it. I wrote it down because oh, I thought that was that. very profound. It's like, mm. why would he at all be threatened by that? Maybe he's mm. just trying to juke him, not freak him out. Maybe, maybe. Could have been. I, I, yeah. I just like the sentiment of uh, the the uh, of of the nightmares are are fighting for their world because he says yeah. the, the last thing he says is our world mm-hmm. and in, in their eyes like you're you're an enemy yeah on a far greater level than just oh you went into my dungeon, my dungeon and beat right. me. yeah no yeah. like like to them you're this trying entire to undo world everything. vanishes he's the link is basically sephiroth <laughs> he's showing up he's basically the final fantasy tactics advanced character who wants to go home even though everyone's having a better life yeah okay 
So the more things with that, <clears throat> let's progress through. So you, you learn that, and then you go off to the face shrine. I really like face shrine as a dungeon. I'm not exactly sure yeah, why. It was really why. good. It was really good coming off of Catfish's Mall, which was garbage. Yeah. That was the worst dungeon in any Zelda game I've ever played. That's not true, but no, I hated see, it. See, I didn't get to, I didn't Water get to Temple and Aquina Toss. <laughs> Wait, so Face Shrine. I didn't get to complain last week. Not yeah. Face Shrine. The Catfish Mall. Really? What was it that you hated so much, Ben? I just hated that it was so open. Like, in most Zelda dungeons, like, everything's, like, walled up, and you just have, like, little paths leading into other rooms. In this, it was just this big open space. And I feel this game cannot do big open spaces very well because, like, the Game Boy screen is so small. Yeah, because they have to shift so many screens. And it's just so confusing, and I hate it. Yeah. I like the music in there for some reason. I don't know. I really like Face Shrine a lot. No, the Face Shrine music, I I like the game's soundtrack because a lot of the the dungeons, the music isn't memorable, but it's really, like, ominous. Yeah, very good ambient, tone-setting music. And the, yeah. the face shrine has a, a very good uh, kind of melodic pattern. The way that it has this do da do da 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 do da do da, and then it has a, a a main melody on top of that, where there's like a kind of a more bass melody, a more like mm. bodybuilding melody, and occasionally that that other melody will go up the scale, and those two tones will play the same notes, and then they'll one will move away from the other, and it kind of goes from this weird kind of off pattern, almost a melodic structure to it it's it works very well mm. in creating a very ominous kind of scary atmosphere and for a game boy game in 1993 I, i'm pretty sure that was like really pushing the envelope for what that system was uh, capable of yeah yeah across the board because yeah. i think there wasn't a lot of game types of games like that for portable systems ever really yeah before not at that. all yeah and again as you touched on last week that's what Link's awakening was trying to do um, yeah, I, yeah, well, I think that's also music, why a lot of it is goofy and there's Mario references. It's just no yeah. one was really paying attention. So they kind of, <laughs> you could kind of yeah, have, screw it. Uh, you know, the whole game is centered around a giant Yoshi egg. Pretty much. Uh, kinda, ben, what were you going to say? Yeah, Chaotic Lemming in the thread actually pointed out about the music that all the dungeon music is based off of the melody that the instruments play at the end of that dungeon. Oh, really? Oh, was it that's really? what Chaotic Lemming says. And I, I didn't surprised. personally notice that, but I feel like I noticed it at one point in time, and I think that's really cool. Let's see. Hmm. Turtle Rock is the drum. Mm-hmm. Remember. Huh. That'd Turtle be cool Rock's if it was. was pretty good. Yeah. Um, when I was playing through Face Shrine, another kind of big question came to me. Is Link selfish or selfless? Because a lot of times he's the hero who has to strive against everything to save the world, right? But here he's basically that same idea. He's got to strive against adversity to overcome evil, but it's so he can leave. So is he selfish or selfless in this game? Hmm. Well, we can assume that the windfish is some kind of great, all-powerful god. And that, that, that when the windfish is asleep... That the world outside of the dream is in some kind of peril. We can assume that because we don't know who the windfish is. Like, what peril is the world in now because it's asleep? Mm-hmm. Is it? They don't is it because at all? Is it like it was? Is is it because the wind controls the waves of the sea? So that's why Link crashed in the first place because the windfish was asleep and so the seas raged. Like mm. that's that's one thing is mm-hmm. is 
how that's why there's the moral dilemma what why would it be so bad for link to just be on the island outside hang of out. yeah he can hang out marin totally you know wants she his digs bones him. yeah she totally <laughs> digs him. there's actually and she's a she's a far more she we also can talk about her in a bit because yeah. she's yeah, really really yeah. interesting character too i just thought it was interesting that a character who almost in every other zelda game is self selfless he is the mm-hmm. guy who is got to go against everything yeah. no wants of his own has to do things for other people and this game in theory is doing everything for himself so that he can get off the island yeah it's very interesting it's kind of like yeah um some of the reviews of the newer superman the remake that came out they didn't like that movie because they put superman in a position where he had to be selfish that at the end with um his kid that he he was basically posed in a bad guy kind of situation that he couldn't take care of this kid because they would know that he was Superman, blah, blah, blah. But the idea of taking your main character who represents something very strongly and then putting them in the opposite of it, it, I mean, sometimes that works really well for storytelling, but when you're someone like Superman or Link who is just always overcoming everything, it really does bring up this moral dilemma of good or bad. You know, is is he doing something good or, or not? But I don't know. We, I we'll guess- cont- Go ahead, Ben. I guess that's why it also, like, I was talking last week about how it aesthetically doesn't feel like a Zelda game to me. And that's mostly because, like, there's that shift in, like, morality and objective. Yeah, the more you play, the more you're questioning. Yeah, and it's like, this isn't what I'm usually doing when I'm playing Zelda games. Yeah. Usually trying to save some princess, and now I'm trying to go home. But if this whole world... It's like such a different game. Well, if this whole world is a dream, then none of these people really exist... And that's the thing about Marin is she's the only one on the island who even has given any thought to the idea so that I want to leave. There's something else out there. He talked to other people and they – no one ever They don't know. To, They're just kids. It's, yeah, it's only the nightmares are like, don't do this. Are they being selfish because they just want to rule this world? And they say – they mention the nightmares just rule this place. They never say, mm-hmm. you know, anything outside of it. They just rule this island. But nobody else really seems to be cognizant or aware of. And is that is that just because they're all just because when you dream, you just you make up people in your mind. You mm-hmm. create mm-hmm. A, an atmosphere and there's people you meet in your dreams. Those aren't those aren't real people. You've made them up in your head. So is it really so bad since they don't actually exist anyway? The only one I genuinely feel bad for is Marin. Yeah, and they do that. They do a really good job of making a sympathetic <clears throat> and yeah, uh, do it on purpose. You have like memorable the, character. Yeah, the date and you rescue her a couple times, and you're always coming back to talk to her and her dad. Besides those two characters, there's there's no one else you really interact with like that beyond the very beginning uh, of the game. Maybe yeah. Miss the Bow Wow's mom. <laughs> Maybe that's Richard. it. Yeah, or the two kids playing catch. <laughs> there's that sequence where uh the you watch the island disappear. Yeah. And uh I think the way the game starts and it makes you walk around the beach and it makes you talk to people in that town. You spend so much time in that town that uh even though I've beaten this game numerous times now, that ending sequence always kinda gets me a little bit a little bit in the heart. It's oh, kinda, yeah. Mm. When the town it, starts dissolving. Yeah, because yeah, you have, you, you've really invested a lot of time in this setting, and you are sad to see it go. And for a bunch of people that don't have 
any kind of character. They're just people that are there. Yeah, but still, they really. still make a really good setting. Yeah. We're like, oh man, those kids playing catch and the little bow wows. Oh, and man, that's where Ben stole the the bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it guy. actually reminded me a lot of the ending of Mother Three, like mostly with like that. And I mean, I guess it's a little early to talk about. Yeah, this. I still haven't played that. So, <clears throat> but please don't spoil like, that. I, there, Okay. Well, <laughs> there were just like thematic things, like how well, at Mother Two had the awakening... same thing. When when you were <clears throat> talking, you had a f- kind of flashback oh, the to prayer. all the yeah all the people oh, that well... you you touched and and associated with throughout the game uh, during that last fight. Is that is that similar mm-hmm. to what happened in Mother Three? Um, not really. I'm not going to spoil it or anything. But um, people who have finished Mother Three, I guess, could sort of see where I'm going with it with this that. In in the end of like the final cutscene of Mother Three, they show this shot of the Nowhere Islands and like something's happening to it, and then like everything like disappears, and that's sort of what happens in Link's Awakening, where you have this shot of like the Koalin Island and like suddenly it just goes away, and I just thought it was really cool and was very reminiscent of that to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, actually, I was gonna say Face Shrine boss, kind of underwhelming. The face in the ground guy, yeah. It, I think it was cool. Like, if you didn't know what to do, because, like, it, it took me a little while. It's like you have to bomb in between his eyes, and, like, the only way you could really figure that out was from, like, uh, one of the owl statues. Yeah. And it yeah. was a little vague in how it said it. Oh, you do? Like, I, I just forgot I think what I it was just plugged bombs later. between his eyes because it just felt like a cool place to do it, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> On his face. <clears throat> I'll show him. Um, let's see. Another thing I wrote down. Um, was what do the monsters represent? If they wish to vanquish their foes, the people of the island, no one would be there to challenge their existence anyway, right? So the bad guys, are they are they part of the nightmare or are they just part of the dream of just stuff that lives in the island? Because it just seems odd that... I understand why they want to defeat Link, right? But, yeah. you know, there are monsters all over the island except for the village. Yeah, and like they steal Bellow and... Yeah, why? Like... Didn't the villagers mention that, like, the monsters weren't, like, there before? Yeah, didn't they say for Link out there they were peaceful-ish? Yeah, yeah. Like, they got mad once Link arrived. So, it's like, if he hadn't been there, it would have been that, been harmony, maybe? I maybe. I mean, the fish doesn't then, like, they up. turn on, like, their antibody system and try to give her Link. Link I don't know. is a yeah. disease. <laughs> no, no, it could have been. They, they, the self-preservation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I hadn't okay. thought about that. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's a, a theory that I built upon that Alobo kind of hinted at in his posts about the little island having the nightmares or trying to keep him asleep, whereas um, Marn and the owl are trying to, to wake him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's an interesting conflict. Uh, all, But are they all part of the Windfish's psyche, or is an outside uh, yeah, evil that, influence that, that, the nightmare? Well, about, about Marin. Is do you believe that's part of the windfish's mechanism? Well, you they know? try and hint, right, that maybe she's not. Yeah. Well, but when you she get tries you, to wake him up, right? If you beat the game without dying, uh, <clears> you get the, you get a special ending that hints that she gets off the island. Either yeah, it, she she, she either physically seagull. leaves the island, uh, is is saved in a sense. Or perhaps just has made such an impact on Link, like he just, oh, I'll never forget you, which would be totally like valid to think. They'd, I mm-hmm. think they really had a believable connection. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went back and forth in my mind about whether or not Marin <clears throat> is 
part of the windfish or arrived at the island just like Link did. But every time I thought either of those things, I started thinking of, no, that's not right. Because we never see how Link shows up to the, to the, uh, to the island. That's completely left ambiguous. So we don't know that, that rule set. And Mm -hmm. Marin is so different from everybody else on the island. Did she also arrive there too? And did the owl show up and give her the song thinking, okay, cause, cause Link shows up. first quester. Yeah, because Link right. shows up and the owl like, oh, you have the strength to wake up the windfish, so I'm going to help you, I'm going to aid you. Maybe when Marin showed up, the owl saw the potential in her as well and taught her the song. If I could teach you the song, maybe you could wake him up. And then he found, with that, he found out, no, I need someone stronger. So, mm-hmm. But then <clears throat> she has a father who's there. And, mm-hmm. and, and Taran, or Taran, uh, doesn't have any desire to leave the island. He's always goofing, yeah. causing troubles. So... Is, I mean, it, it, it could have I, just that, been this weird situation where, like, I guess, again, tying into Mother 3, no spoilers, that, like, she arrived at, like, maybe, maybe she, like, a lot arrived on the island, like, as a baby or something. Yeah. And then Taryn, like, took her in or something. I'm really not sure. Adopted father. Or well, yeah, maybe because they don't have the a whole lot in common. As Taryn's daughter. Because yeah. don't, I don't think he's a very good dad. <laughs> he doesn't seem to no. really. No. 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 Just eating mushrooms, or or maybe it's getting she was... high. It's getting high a lot. At the very <laughs> end of the are... game, that last cutscene, he's like, "Oh no, I'm about to die. Take a hit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he he raises a mushroom and he's like, "Give me that stick. I want to poke this beehive." I'm like, oh, Taryn, you dummy! Don't poke a beehive. Um, if you weren't so high. Maybe you wouldn't think this is a good idea. <laughs> oh, beehive! Woo! <laughs> I want on that uh, mushrooms, dog. So okay, base shrine. Moving on. Uh, let's see, is there any story between <laughs> Fear Shrine and Eagle's Tower? Oh, there's the whole rooster thing. Okay, yeah, so you yeah, gotta you to go to do signpost maze, which I wrote down <laughs> reward for the signpost maze, which is somewhat difficult. You can just spend just 300 rupees. Just pay 300 rupees. <laughs> sure. For, for a incomprehensibly terrible song. It's just a scale. <laughs> Why are you paying three hundred for a scale? And Those when guys all three of them perform it, they're like performing different scales. So it's yeah. this <laughs> symphony of horrible sounds. It's oh like god! A, it's like a seventh grade yeah, band warming up before <laughs> their concert for their parents. <laughs> and then things wake up. Yeah. Sure. So, what uses does it have beyond just waking up the cuckoo? Is there any Nothing. house? Lobo. Well, I mean, up. also the turtle. You gotta oh, oh, wake up the turtle. Oh, oh yeah. right. So two places. Yeah. Yeah. What ifs? And then I you would, go wake I him up. I want to say it's there... someplace else, but I. Yeah. <clears throat> How are you, you supposed just... to know that you're supposed to go back to the village and play Get it the there? rooster? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no way you can know. No. Nah, th- if you talk to the guy on the phone, he totally tells you. So it's just the phone. Oh right? really? Yeah, he totally tells you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I figure he does. I was just wondering if there was some more plot driven way that they do that but i guess not um yeah a lobo brings up that the rooster is the best because you can do the whole lawnmower of death thing have you guys done that no what, what is that it's i've messed around with it it's fun but it's still not super useful <laughs> excuse me so you you as you know you have the cuckoo 
and you use your bracelet and you pick them up and you float, right? Mm. So before you do that, you take your boomerang and throw it and then you really hurry and you pick up the rooster so that you're flying in the air and then your boomerang comes back but then just spins where you used to be and is this lawn blower blade of death and then you just float around <laughs> and everything underneath you gets destroyed by the awesome. boomerang that just spins. <laughs> so there's a couple scenarios where that's useful. but um, <laughs> I just realized I went through the entire game. I never got the boomerang. Oh, you didn't go yeah, get it? I didn't it. either. Where do you get the boomerang? I, get I forgot. Uh, on the, the beach, it's your boomerang that washes up on the shore, and one of the monsters who lives in a cave that you have to bomb to open says, oh, I found this sweet item oh, that you, uh, that if you trade me what's in your B slot, I'll let you have it, and then you can switch between um, shovel and the boomerang. Um, and can then, you get rid of your sword for the boomerang? No, I think it's only the shovel that he'll switch. Oh, oh and yeah, he's Lobo says you also need the magnifying glass to be able to see him. So you have to have uh, done that whole quest yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I remember that cave and there's nothing in it. Yeah, right. you have to, to do uh, that. Now, did you guys um, get enough seashells to get level two sword? Yeah, I no? didn't. Yeah, it's. I, it's I, fun. I when I went to the color dungeon, I got the uh, uh, <laughs> sword power up, and then when I got the level two sword, they were actually uh, from that point on all bosses were a joke. <laughs> crazy easy i beat the eagle in uh the eagle tower i think it was two probably three ch- charged up s- circle swipes mm-hmm. like two or three <laughs> it was ridiculous wow uh, well should we talk about eagle tower now that's a sure, very sure. complex dungeon i really like eagle I, tower. I liked it that it was, was really cool. that was ge- once you figure out it took me eagle as a kid it took me so long to realize oh yeah you had to pick up the ball and hit the, the, the yeah. pillars yeah, but, at first I didn't know what I was supposed to do with that ball thing. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, there's really but, no introduction yeah. to it. Yeah, but once once <laughs> yeah. you figured that out, then like everything clicks. Like, oh my god, this is a brilliantly designed level. Yeah, oh my god, it's so not Zelda. I loved it. Yeah, it awesome. it, especially like the whole you need to throw it somewhere you can't quite get to, and then yeah. maneuver all the way around to pick it up. Yeah, again. and the thing about Zelda games is like you've never in any other Zelda game been able to like leave the room with something over your head. Yeah. So yeah. it's really like not something you would ever think of doing. Yeah. And you know what's funny? What makes some of this level a bit trivial is that if you have the boomerang, a lot of those um, little skull dudes that bounce around the room like a screensaver, you can kill yeah, them hit- with the boomerang. Really? And you can kill the dudes who just go along the wall, like the electric charge kind of thing, and then they drop fairies when you kill them. So that's nice. Oh, wow. Um, well, the, the, the bouncy shield. guys... Like like a DVD menu, uh, you yeah, can yeah, use the powder. Like you can throw the powder on them. Oh, really? Know that? Yeah. yeah. Huh. It's dangerous. That's, that's, that's close. super. But they usually they usually turn into fairies, so any uh, damage you take is is negligible. Oh, could you do that link to the past too? I feel like that's something you could oh, do. No, I don't think so. Links to the past, the boomerang is not as powerful as it is in this game. No, not with the boomerang. I think but with the magic oh, with powder. The powder. I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah, Lobo's saying. I want to say you can, but I, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty I mean, sure. Yeah. There's a guide in here that says what things you can kill and how, but that's for this game. Like what items will let you kill what things. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, so the whole mechanism for Eagle's Tower is there's these columns, four of them, that you have to knock down using this kind of black orb that you pick up and maneuvering the black orb and yourself to a location at which you can actually hit the column is basically the whole challenge of this dungeon because there's all these Mm -hmm. obstacles and puzzles within puzzles to get there. So, like, they'll have those uh, monsters that have the card deck 
chests that change yeah. and you have to get them all to match and then that causes a treasure chest to appear that lets you then go through a boss fight come back wrap around through some bombed doors and then hook shot across a chasm <laughs> yeah it's very and much that's before you do that you have to br- you have to bring the the uh the ball throw and throw it yeah. across yeah. the chasm yeah. Uh, yeah you have to go perpendicular to it and then you have to come back around and then hook shot across and the cool thing about that's the big puzzle to this dungeon and it does not utilize the special item no, found it doesn't in the at all. In fact, the and that's very atypical it, for us, especially game. considering that the mirror shield is basically only used to uh, to get to the next level. It's basically like a glorified key, pretty much. Yeah. And you actually can skip that if you have uh, an extra. If you have a crazy oh, Tracy potion, really? persevere through. Yeah, it, it, you can run through it, um, but it takes all your health. It, it takes almost two sets of health, but you huh. actually can skip. Funny because, like, I always thought it was silly that in Eagle's Tower, like, you just basically go up the stairs and there's the, the mirror shield just hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Go there ahead. Although I do like Take how it, it looks. I hey. love the mirror shields in Zelda games. I always really enjoy those. Um, okay, so then you go through there and you go to the boss, and I think it was a Lobo who posted this, yeah, saying that um, it, when he went to fight the the evil whatever he is the the eagle guy evil eagle right skull kid skull um, kid that with he the used eagle. the hook right. shot yeah how did you guys defeat him ben when you fought him i used arrows but i eventually ran out of arrows so then i used the hook shot like i tried using the hook shot at first but i thought it didn't work because i wasn't hitting him in his head mm-hmm. and then I okay. just had to hit him in the head. I didn't know there were so many ways to do this. How did you do it, Derek? I hit him two times with my sword and he died. I <laughs> <laughs> like uh, pathetic. Yeah, I also used the sword. I used the rock feather and the sword and just jumped and hit him when he'd fly by. That's what I did. Yeah, I, I remember him being uh, tricky because he would, he would blow slap you his wings off and blow you off. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember th- groaning, oh, I remember this boss was so hard. And I yeah. swear to God, I hit him twice. <laughs> Maybe three times died. I wonder yeah. how effective bomb arrows would have been on him. I used a oh, lot of wow. bomb arrows this time around. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was like the handiest thing in the game. Yeah, they're very useful. Um, but yeah, I think what, I already that, brought up Urban. Do you have something? No, where did that skull guy even go? Like, he jumps on the eagle, but then you don't see him anymore. And then once he dies, he's gone. He, uh, he gets absorbed back into the final nightmare. Because you have that oh. bat part there. Yeah, Remember? No? The final nightmare. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, when you do the final nightmare boss, there's those flaming bats that the dude spawns that he has the like javelin oh, yeah. thing. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's kind of like the other guy. Um, but yeah, the Eagle Tower boss does say that by waking up the windfish, that you're too part of his dream and you too will disappear. Uh, hmm. which, yeah, no, I don't think that's very true, but. <laughs> Um, and then, well, the, if he's the only character in the game that says it, we might be able to chalk that up to a, a typo. Oh, because everything else could just be like a translation error. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody else just says this island, this world, this place. Nobody says you yeah, will it disappear. Just doesn't match up. It's what you no do reason. because will disappear. I, th- I think most of the nightmares know the score. Well, yeah. I don't know. People here disagreeing and saying he's trying to make you afraid. That he's just lying outright. Which, which yeah, I that's, feel like they, and all, that's also possible too. That's a really that's, that seems like poor storytelling, though. though. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. But then again, you know, who plays Zelda games for? This is probably the only Zelda game I do play for the story because it has that interesting, <laughs> you know, moral, moral mechanic. Yeah, there's a lot of room for some cool exploration of lore and how the island came to be and what is the Windfish's <clears throat> purpose and... Lots I even went on a Zelda wiki to, to read about this, <laughs> and it, I guess the windfish has never – the purpose of the windfish has never been established in the rest of the series. There's rumors that – or there's theories that Lord Jabu Jabu is the windfish, oh. but people like that's maybe it was just inspired by and not yeah. canonically the Lord same Jabu thing. Lord Jabu Jabu is not nearly as fabulous as the windfish. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and his dungeon was one of the more annoying in that game. Yeah. <laughs> um Maybe this would be a, a good time to start talking about Marin more because at this point, between transitioning from Eagle's Tower to Turtle Rock, is when you rescue her because she gets put up on the bridge and it's like strange. She goes, mm-hmm. you know, monsters put me here and I'm stuck. And so Link rescues her. And I always, what was the purpose of the monsters putting her on the bridge? Is it because she was singing the Windfish song in front of the Windfish and they thought mm-hmm. that she was trying to wake her up? Or yeah, yeah, what? yeah. Is that really That's it? That's what they say. And, and also she says it's another excuse for another in- interaction with you and Marin. And she's like, oh, I wanted to tell you something. I okay. and then Taryn shows yeah, up. Right. So, so she's totally going to be like, I want, I love you. Okay. So let's, here's let's, my. Let's snuggle. So here's my, here's my theory. <laughs> I think that Marin, because you say she's so different from every, all the other people. I think that she's actually on the nightmare side. I think really? that they are trying. She, the monsters, put her there so that he'll rescue her. As a maybe, if we can get him to fall in love with her, he will stay here. Because think oh. about it. Yeah, I don't know about that. But she's so like, I mean, different from every other person. She's the only one she, who's cognizant of the. But she talks so island. much about wanting to leave. And yeah, she, and she tries, helps you so many times in, yeah. in the. Uh, not. I don't know. Think about it, guys. Think about it. I don't know. I th- no, I, I think. I, I think, think like she her ge- motives just clash with that too much. She but, helps you too many times, and she and she teaches you the song of the windfish, and she gets that lazy mm-hmm. walrus out of the way and stuff. I think that was just <laughs> an, an, uh, just them retaliating. Oh no, another threat to waking up the windfish. God, get this girl out of here. I don't know, but think about it. Yeah. If he were to fall in love with her and just hang out and say, you know what, you are great. And you, she loves me. I'm, I'm just gonna stay here. I'm gonna settle down. Yeah, but then, even if that happened, she would still want to leave. Right. She's still but wishing to the windfish that the she flies away. Ploy, she's like trying to help him to leave. You know, not really helping. Like, oh, you know, let's go build a boat tomorrow, honey. Let's, you know, let's go take <laughs> some kids out to the village. You know, I play feel some she helps game. too much. Like, yeah, I, I think that's that's possible, but I think there's far too much things we do know. Mm-hmm. Seems to imply she wants to get off, and she would use link as a right. as an excuse as a means to, get off to disappear i think that's an interesting theory but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say no man yeah <laughs> yeah like I, me and butt's I, cool. she put herself up there no monsters did it she was there. <laughs> <laughs> You're know, i'm really crazy him, about right? what you presented earlier about how like she was just like link someone who showed up on the yeah show. i like that theory a lot too really yeah, that makes sense. But but then like you know the where she learned the song and where did her father come from and I don't know. I I, I, th- I think it's fair enough to assume that like she arrived like as a really small child maybe. Because like, who knows shipwreck. how Link got there? She she wishes to the windfish that she would become a seagull so she could fly around the world and sing to people all all, all over the world even though seagulls can't. <laughs> yeah, even though seagulls are annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that that's the the. The reveal, if you beat the game without dying, is uh, when Link is like looking up at the sun and the credits are rolling. Uh, her face shows up, and you hear the song, 
and then she more mm-hmm. she flashes and then uh, a, a seagull, seagull appears behind her and and, fl- and flies away. So maybe she was a seagull that got thrown into the maybe maybe and, and maybe it was a seagull that was on your ship. Yeah, in, it just so happened to be in the area uh, as well. I like a Lobo's things. So maybe Link's Awakening is the Truman Show, and that was her contract. She was the <laughs> yeah. love interest. See, you guys see where I'm going there. <laughs> anyway, okay. Any more thoughts on on her before we move on to Turtle Rock? No. Okay. Turtle that's, Rock. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. Except that I hate it. I hate it in stories where people are like, "Oh, I," and then they get interrupted, and they can't finish what they're saying, like and then the they never say what they're supposed love. to say. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, he wants to hear the it's, it's more interesting for a character to just expose to, to expose their heart to another character, and then to see other the two of them try out. and respond. Yeah, yeah. like We're, yeah, when someone just says "I love you" and the other person has to go, "Oh, oh, um, well, what? I'm going to go to Turtle Rock. You have fun with that. I got one more instrument." <laughs> um, yes, I'll, I'll see ya. A sweet yeah, I won't because I'm going to wake up the windfish. And yeah. I'll never see you again. We'll play trendy game after. Uh, I'll call you. I'm going to go down. Well, you landed on my friggin' head when we went down that well. I really hurt. <laughs> so recovering from that. Um, so you go to the Eagle Rock, which is a sort of interesting uh, start to a dungeon because you have to do a fight right off the bat. you know, wake mm. up the front of it playing the song. Um, but then you get weird. in. Man, Turtle Rock's got a good vibe. It almost reminds me yeah. like of a, like a Samus mother brain sort yeah, of uh, a little contra. it's very less dungeony yeah. the song has got that super deep crunchy kind of wow 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 that's a yeah. really good yeah. mood this is the last dungeon yeah you're, you're, i'm in it i'm almost beating this game what a dungeon this. it is and it, it took me a while it is it's definitely Sprawling. confusing but it's i don't I think, think it's that confusing like it's winding and like I, I forgot who said it in the thread, but someone was talking about how, like, they had a really hard time with it, and they had to use, like, Mambo's Mambo, like, a million times to get back. But I found, yeah. like, there was always, like, you would never be completely stuck. Everything yeah, always leads true. back to the beginning. No, I, you don't ever get completely uh, stuck. I think the what was very confusing for me was there's so many stairs that go to different things. There's, like... Uh, yeah. Compared to any other I think level, there are only like four sets of stairs. Um, yeah, but the map like is kind of useless because it's like I need to get to the this map's part. Always but, useless. but like, but like, it's particularly useless in this one because I have to remember which staircase warps me to which part. Exactly, and there's mm-hmm. six underground areas on this one. Six, yeah. which is more than any other one. Um, so it is, and you confusing. even go outside for a short time. You yeah, have to, like, yeah. Leave yeah. a part of the dungeon to come into another section. Yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. And then you heart. get some more Mario esque sort of stuff. You got the little lava dudes who jump out and go yeah. back in. Little freezies with and eyes then, on the ice. And then this map, you fight a bunch of the mini bosses again. Like the dude who picks you up, throws you, does yeah. the bombs. Um, or the dude you have to jump over, like the skip it, <laughs> jump over the thing. <laughs> if you have a yeah. boomerang and you hit him, instant death. One hit every time. Really? Yeah, it was such a joke. Every time we came in, just throw it at him and then move on. Um, <laughs> the guy who throws bombs, he's like, uh, I think one or two oh, spiral yeah. hits. Like, it's a joke. Yeah, one um, time he actually got me and threw me. I was so offended that I let my guard down. <laughs> the, uh, the smasher guy, though, who you have to pick up and throw the or I hate that guy. I like him. It takes he's way cute. too long to kill every. No, time. you can get a good rhythm if you if you hit yeah, just right. You you'll throw the ball. Him. It'll bounce back right where you're standing. Right, just like yeah. just you miss that rhythm. Just... It's a frustrating fight. Then he... you hear him go boop boop. It's adorable. <laughs> 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 you always make some bad guy your adorable friend. <laughs> or Twink, Look who at him, is though. everyone's he, he's, friend. 
Yeah, he's such a Kirby enemy, that guy. He is. Oh, and, speak, and speaking of which, oh, Kirby Kirby's. makes makes an appearance. Anti-Kirby? Uh, Anti-Kirby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's there. Um, what's with the mini-boss on this? The the boxing guy? I was really like, what, really? Yeah, the same person who was talking about how they got stuck a bunch was very not happy about him either. I think it was P.K. Jovis. I'm not sure. But, like, apparently that guy has the ability to, like, punch you back to the start of the dungeon. Yes, he does. And that never happened to me. Oh, it sucks when it does, bro. That's painful. I I, I just charged up, jumped over him, and then spun around. And, like, because, again, level two sword and I got the sword power up at the color dungeon. Like, two hits. (laughs) It was actually yeah, I, kind I was of, just it was a oh, joke. Sorry. I was yeah. just I, th- I think it actually made the game a little too easy and I think if I could go through again I would skip that dungeon, the color dungeon cuz uh I can't I imagine know. yeah I, the I game the it blue. makes it too easy. Yeah, I got the blue tunic and that worked out for me pretty what well. What does the blue and tunic do? It it um increases your defense. Oh, okay. Is there a red tunic? Yeah, yeah the, the red tunic makes you like crazy strong. Wait, do you, did you mm-hmm. not have the DX version, Garrett? No, I was playing the original. Playing original. Oh, snap. Super Game yeah. Boy. Yeah, I played on but Super yeah, Game Boy. Like, my strategy for that guy was just to, like, keep my sword charged. So, like, whenever he got close, he would just bump back a little. And then eventually, like, oh. I would just hit him right that he would get hit by the sword. As I think I have the out. weirdest play style in this game, then. Because, like, I pull out the shield, he's hitting me. And then when he starts doing his wind-up, I just walk around behind him. <laughs> and then hit him as <laughs> much as I can. And then just kind of repeat that process. But... Um, this is, this uh, Turtle Rock dungeon has the my favorite item: the hookshot, good times, but fire rod, oh, so good, oh, it's so good. I wish that like it. it worked on everything. Yeah, I would just replace my everything. sword with that. Like when you're walking, like when you leave Turtle Rock, and if you go through the swamp, because I kind of took a different route, and you mm. can just nail those fire oh, yeah. those plants, yeah. just like get them away, everybody, yeah. everybody's dying. <laughs> so good. Best fire rod. And, and they light on fire. In those giant flowers. And you can yeah. revel in the and they sit there, burn, and then their item drops. And then, so you get to so it's like a reward. Uh, what it's else to talk about for Turtle Rock? Because I mean it's interesting, like the walls are a little bit different, that kind of mother brainy sort of style. Um it's definitely a lot of different paths to take. There's the thing that like can fill in the ground, which is yeah, sort of a really weird fun. mechanism. I like that. Uh, and you have the two pathways that are blocked with the ice blocks, so you have to use the fire rod to get through. Um, yeah, I think I just lucked bosses. out a lot with this dungeon, because there were a lot of very, like, hidden things. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, in particular, in order to actually get uh, the fire rod or, like, the nightmare key, I think. Like, you have to find, like, that orb thing to, like, knock down the pegs after mm-hmm. the yeah. boss. And, like, I just found that it wasn't really on accident, but... When I entered the room with, like, the thing you have to push and fill in all the blocks on the ground, like, I hadn't quite understood that that's what you were supposed to do with those yet. So I didn't know that's what I had to do. Like, when you enter that room with the compass, like, it gives you, like, the little alert that something's hidden in this room. Mm -hmm. So, like, my assumption wasn't that I had to fill in the ground. It was that, like, oh, there's something hidden in this room. So I immediately thought of where to bomb. So, yeah, I figured that one out pretty easily. And I feel like I lucked out. I I, does... Does the anywhere in the dungeon actually tell you about that hidden room? I think you have to stumble upon that yourself, but yeah, it's in the yeah. eye. It's in one of the eyes. It, you we would you would know to look there if you looked at the map long enough. Yeah, I stumbled upon I it myself so, yeah, the last probably. minute. It was the last thing I solved in that dungeon. I don't recall reading any owl beaks that told me that I should. It always uh, annoys me yeah. that like the <laughs> you can only see the you should bomb here from like one side. 
you know, yeah. it's usually the side that you you would already be in there. So of course. The, well, there's yeah. the 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 tactic of pushing your your sword against mm-hmm. the wall. Right, right. And but sometimes like, it's marked in some other clever way. Yeah. Like there'll be like two torches surrounding where you're supposed to buy. Or an arrow. <laughs> actually, yeah. have an arrow. That was actually pretty cool. Like there was a room just full of like a bunch of blocks you can bomb to break up. And you can't see the arrow completely until you blow all those up. Oh, so I but thought that was pretty brilliant. Do you, do you, did anybody else find it really annoying? With bomb in hand, if you walk up to one of those things... A little message pops up, huh, all these cracks in this, what am I going to do? Yep, the same with, like, the the ice blocks. Like, yeah. you will have the or fire. Anything. And, like The crystals you have to Pegasus boots through. Um, yeah. At least, like, the pots, eventually it told you, oh, this is real heavy. No, shut up. I have, I'm <laughs> trying to lift it right now. That's why I'm touching it. I'm not humping it. I'm not humping. I'm just going to pick them up. Take them with me. <laughs> yeah, there's th- one uh, room. With the ice blocks, and uh, I'm not sure how you solved it, but I just, in midair, I had to just shoot to the left uh, to get this one block out of the way. And sometimes I couldn't do it because I would fall down, and while I was in air, I would touch the ice block. Yeah. And then, huh, it's real cold. What am I going to do? Cold. <laughs> uh, we should play some voicemail, guys. Yeah, we should. Let's see, who's this? I think this is Lobo. We're going to play his. Gonna do it live. This guy's, this guy's popular. Oh, and he's in the chat. Hey, this is Lobo, representing the eastern coast of Canada. You know, it's clear that Marin is the windfish's desire to be held and loved, to be bereft of whatever duties it has, and to share in the warmth of another body, and the security and mutual understanding therein. Crazy Tracy, on the other hand, is the windfish's libido, calling him Big Boy and rubbing potion on him. Ash is hidden up in the woods behind some rocks, but the windfish brings Link to her every time he plays the mambo. It wants Link to see her. She is the windfish's forbidden lust, its most filthy taboo. So then I truly believe that both of these individuals are part of something greater, part of some greater scheme by the windfish itself. See, I theorize the windfish is living vicariously through its own fragmented psyche. I think that a shipwrecked Link to bring him to the island, and then I fell in love with him. But what does Link love? Why, it would be adventure in playing the hero, really. And what better way to woo a hero than to present him with a moral quest? Link's awakening is really a glorified date between a young lad and a god whale. <laughs> and I guess the, uh, the dream world was necessary because there's no boundaries there. There's no set rules <laughs> or established traditions. It's not as taboo for a god whale to uh, love a young lad when it's just a dream, right? And I mean, do I really dig it into the childbirth symbolism of Link entering an egg and causing the windfish to awaken? No, I guess that's pretty cool first. <laughs> Anyways, folks, I did enjoy the cast a lot, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, the only suggestion would be is to grow up and play Zelda 2. You know, kindergarten was a long time ago. Plus, I uh, hope you have a good cast. Bingo! Oh my god. I thought my So Crazy Tracy is the id and Marin is the super ego. She's getting Freudian <laughs> on us. That was so good, Alobo. <laughs> There's no boundaries in the dream world. I'll bet this off. Oh, we can be man. together finally, Windfish and Young Lad. I don't, I don't have anything good to say after that. <laughs> no, he can't really riff on that. I, I guess I can say, well, I could just mention, I guess it's not funny, but it wouldn't make sense to me that the Windfish would make a part of its own being in Marin, which would then in and of itself want to be real 
and mm. would become real through like so the windfish can just make life like that because in, in, in the real ending Marin I believe gets off the island in one way or another and so I don't think that's I, I don't think that's true but it's very funny it is fun to have yes. that be a possible story in yeah, a game I, there's this much I, I to mean, think about Jokes aside, I think it's really interesting to think of like certain aspects of Coalent Island as manifestations of the windfish. The monsters, most certainly, the yeah. Defense system, the yeah, white blood cells and stuff. Yeah, mm. man, so deep. Game but club. at the same, yeah. but, but, but at game the same club. time, because it's a Zelda game and story has never been such, never been like the most important thing for a Zelda game. Nintendo probably did not think thoroughly with this so this oh, is yeah. probably fair to say that there's lots of holes and inconsistencies because it's it is a poorly um realized uh idea because they don't they weren't trying they probably didn't think yeah. it was that important and but, you know what it probably for the better because the gameplay i think in that game is is fucking solid yeah yeah that's good stuff um crystal should we play yours now or should we wait a little bit when, when some, you let me know when it's appropriate we're gonna go on for a sec here and talk about uh, when you have your f- magic rod and you can go off to wake up the windfish, did you guys actually go back in the island at all, or did you just go straight? Um, I did a little bit because I didn't. I mean, obviously, you have to go back to the island with the magnifying glass to like get the route that you're supposed to. Go I thought you to. could do that earlier. You you can as soon as you get the magnifying oh, glass, right. but like it doesn't make any real sense. Until yeah. like you're actually confounded with the puzzle. Right, you of go in there like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, I yeah. need to eat there. Okay, makes yeah. sense. So when I went there, I talked to everybody, and it was a little sad. Like they all had sort of end game messages, especially like, Marin. Marin totally yeah. had me. Like, I think I, I squirted a couple of drops out. Like I felt real bad for her because I think yeah. she knew what was happening. She understood what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So deep. Okay, sorry. Yeah, like no, I, I, that I, think, in. I think it's a surprisingly memorable and moving story. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you get the magnifying glass, you figure out what the route you need to take, jump into the egg, or even before that, you have to open it up, got to crack it. Mm-hmm. You play the song, and it's, oh, there's all of my instruments. And if you had been like, when I was a kid, every time I got a new instrument, I would go all the way up to the windfish <laughs> <laughs> and let's hear what it sounded like with one additional one. And no, then, but uh, then once you play with all eight, you can only do that one time. Yeah. Yeah. That was such that that pissed me off so much. That once <laughs> once the door is open, you can't play it again. That yeah. pissed me off so much as a kid. Such a special treat. So, uh, you're inside and then it's time to fight the nightmare and there's a little bit of dialogue. Not a lot that I thought was noteworthy um compared to, you know, what we've already said. And then it's this pretty good-sized battle, pretty epic kind of doing fights between um the the first form is like that blob dude where you have to like yeah. throw magic powder on him or is there another way yeah. to do it i think yeah, i think the only, the only way to do it is magic powder because okay. i had gone through all my items i was seriously stuck on that and i had tried the magic powder before but i guess i missed so <laughs> magic powder is hard to aim seriously you gotta yeah, do it from the it side mm-hmm. like that sorry okay or directly below. Um, to the left to the left <laughs> and then, um, see, what's the next form? I just beat him twice in a row not that long ago. Um, the next form after Is that, that the wizard is... The wizard guy? Yeah, yeah. Okay, is there a way that you're supposed to be able to tell when he's going to do the one you're supposed to hit and the one that you're supposed no. to dodge? There's no way. There isn't. I thought it was every third one. 
No, because I, no, no, sometimes I, I went through without him doing it at all. Yep. And sometimes he just kept doing it over and over, over and over again. So huh. yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, in in Links of the Past, it was easy to tell because like he would always go to the very top of the room and it would just like wipe everything out. But no, nah, this one was just be lucky. I guess just have yeah. your rock be feather able to dodge. Ready. All right, I'm gonna play yeah. Crystal's voicemail right now because she talks about the last boss. Hi everyone, this is Crystal, also known as Climb Hazard. What up? I personally couldn't find anything that was toned down for the English release about praying aspects, but in my research I did acquire some reliable translations regarding the ending. The English translation were pretty faithful, but a quote from the nightmares gathered my interest. We gave the windfish eternal sleep in order to build order in this closed-off world called a dream. Whoa. That way, this island would never disappear due to him waking. We are gods. The term closed-off world really stood out, especially regarding Marin. We already know she's the only one who wants to leave Koholint, as in ultimately escape the sealed-off plane of a dream. But why does a figment want to achieve reality outside of a dream? How is she finally able to do it after the Windfish awakens? The backstory that sets Link's awakening describes Link's voyage back home to Hyrule after Journey of Enlightenment. But what has Link further learned from Koholint? The game almost asks within its realm, what is the line between dream and reality? And what have we learned? For such a charming experience, there's a lot of depth that I always enjoy seeing in Zelda games. These are my insights to conclude Game Club. Thanks. And also, hey, uh, may I please be a part of the Psychonauts Game Club? <laughs> <laughs> very poised, very articulate until that, that, that last part there. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um... Maybe. I, I think uh, that does bring up a good point about like what 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 peril is the world in since yeah, the windfish yeah. is like what damage is this nightmare really because except for Marin being torn and wanting to explore right everybody else seems cool with it even with the yeah. monsters awakening when Lynx gets there I mean aside from Jack and Bow Wow away I mean life was still pretty good they're still playing ball um, yeah that's why I always think. I, I don't think I shared this yet, but I wrote down in my notebook, and this is a good time to talk about that, the who is good, who is evil, and who is neutral. So I have a little column here with each one listed in my, my official game club notebook. So if you can see here. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Look so at that so this is what I got. Yeah. I mean. That organization. Um, so I can't, I can't, here's what I had. doesn't measure up. For good, I put, I put the island people. They're good. The animals. Was that, wait, was that cursive, the, um, dog? No. You're not writing in cursive, cursive are you? No. All, right, all right, sorry. Sorry, Garrett. Go. <laughs> uh, for evil, <laughs> I put the monsters and the nightmares. These are kind of the traditional ideas of that. And then for neutral, mm-hmm. I put the owl, Link, and the windfish, right? That was like, but even then, I feel that's the traditional what they want you to think. The more I yeah. think about it, I'm thinking Link might even be on the evil side because he is a little selfish in this one. I don't know. What do you guys well, think? Is it really uh, selfish to you... want to leave a world that you're trapped in? Though? Yeah, you need to define better what is evil in this situation then. Because well, to, to say he's evil, he's evil, like, but not in the same okay. way the monsters are. But what is that? Like in Star Trek, you know, the whole the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Link is the one. And yeah, but Link is the freaking hero. But he needs to save the world again sometimes. I don't know. If you go by Star Trek logic, he's a jerk. He should be like Spock and take one for the team. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I think before Link, before Link showed up, we could. All right, well, they said there were no monsters on the island, and then Link showed up, and there were monsters. Oh, really? 
Right? Mm-hmm. It, it, isn't that what they said? I forget. I, exactly. I don't know. Well, was that like the monsters weren't like they attacking weren't, people? Yeah, they weren't mean. I think was the difference. They so were they stealing battle. Everything was fine, and then Link showed up. Yeah. And it's like Batman showed up. Now Gotham City is is he's changed things forever, and that's just the way mm-hmm. things are. So I guess <laughs> just by happenstance, by not coincidence, but just the nature of life, you know, if something happened. Link shows up on the island. He upsets the balance, whether or not he wanted to or not. But that is the present situation. You know, and it the only response now is to wake the windfish and just destroy everything. Is that does that really make him evil? Is because if things were fine beforehand and now everything is different, it's not really his fault. Yeah, and he's just kind of put in a bad situation where he has to he has to do some he has to look into the to the you know the needs of a few, mm-hmm. which is himself because he doesn't belong there and somebody should go home. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Ben, any thoughts on good evil neutral? Nothing other than what I've said that that I don't necessarily think Link is evil. And if Link was evil, I mean, he's mostly guided by the owl. So wouldn't the owl be more so evil than Link is? Yeah, like you said, it's how you define it. What's evil, what's good. I don't know. I I think I'm still on the side of having an entire island wiped away from existence, even if it's the right thing for you to do. I think it's always going to be wrong for them, and that's why good and evil is so subjective, you know, from your point of yeah. view. Um, oh, we should finish up. So when you do kill the boss, and there's all the different forms and the ways you can kill them. Um, the windfish awakens. Um, the the owl comes by and says, you know, I was the guardian of the windfish, and uh, I was doing a bad job. Not very good. Do my job and then you me. showed up. It's like, oh, yeah, you can do it. You can wake him up. And the windfish appears, and he's this really blinged out whale <laughs> oh god he's so fabulous and they, the maximum. <laughs> and they have that really <laughs> sad whale? like alright I'm gonna wake up now I've had my coffee I'm ready <laughs> and as I wake up you will slowly see everyone you've met die just and then Tarn, in the blink of an eye disappear. Tarn takes a hit with some shrooms and the little nice. kids you see them like goodbye and uh, I like how they do hang on Martin a bit. Like hers doesn't yeah. disappear quite. I, I as wasn't fast. sure if that was just me or no, if they no. really did yeah, hold on did. that frame a little longer. They do. That got um, me. Got me right there. Yeah. And then uh, you wake up and you sit on your. You wake up in the in the the debris of your boat, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Was it all a dream? What happened?" And then he gets up and he hears the song and he sees the windfish. Yeah. And Love him. then he gets happy. No. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. He, he does get pretty happy, and I'm not. Ha- no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think a bigger picture. There's so many questions and so many things that we can philosophize about Link's Awakening. It's a point. Yeah, I think though the greater thing is that Nintendo did not think this through, and we're thinking cool game mechanics and cool story, and we're not thinking philosophically. So any super deep meaning that could be derived from this game was totally unintentional. Which is why ah. there aren't really answers, and doesn't really make any sense because that's not what Nintendo was trying to do, and that's what they've they've never really tried to do that with a Zelda no. game. I mean, they did I, I find than it hard Lost. to believe that this is completely unintentional, though. Well, though they and did it's not have... like Nintendo's completely incompetent with that. No. Like, I think someone wrote, wrote a really good story, and then pro- producers looked at that awesome story, and then just took the parts that would make a good game, 
And yeah. so there's pieces of a philosophical puzzle there, but there's also chunks missing to make it a fully cohesive thing. But still really fun to talk about. And I would like- say you can do a good story like that and not actually tell people the the answers. Like they do it yeah. on purpose. That could be mm-hmm. a way that it was simple. And when we were talking about last game or last show, that's kind of how the development went. They did have a story. They did have someone come in and craft that story after they could kind of have been having fun. And I, I would like to think, though, that it was intentional, that, that it was supposed to be simple, you know, that there's yeah. way more you can read into, but they intentionally kept it simple because mm-hmm. that's Nintendo style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple last minute questions here. Um, I went through the forum thread and I was reading through Butzkoy's post and he brings up the difficulty and that it fluctuates a lot between easy and, and hard. Um, and I wanted to, to pose the question, is this game just as difficult or more difficult than other Zelda games, uh, either before or after? Um, and I don't really know. I feel like it really goes back and forth very well, but then there are times where it's way too easy. Other times where I feel like it's just right. It isn't, it's not very many, oh gosh, that was too hard. It might yeah, be. there's never been any moments where I felt it was too hard. And when anything was hard, I feel it was more frustrating in a bad way than it was like challenging. Yeah, like those freaking horse heads trying to get them to land on their freaking. Yeah, I, like, no, I, I felt think that was pretty simple. The combat, I think, overall was easy. Um, I felt, like I said, the bosses were just like a pushover and a joke. But some of the, the dungeons and the puzzles, uh, those felt those felt hard, but appropriately so. Like, I got really lost. Even though I played the game before, I was still getting lost in dungeons, and I was still, like, thinking, fuck, how do I do, how do, I do this puzzle again? I freak, oh, where do I go next? So I think from a puzzle standpoint, from the dungeons and the way the layout of the, uh, of, of the world, that's a, the right difficulty. I think combat's kind of easy, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just with the rock's feather. Um, let's yeah, see. The, yeah the, rock, the rock feather, and you can strike really, really, really fast with your sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's see. Bomb arrows, bomb arrows are super nice. <laughs> Matt, um, actually, I'm gonna save his. Oh, yeah, we're kind of at that point. Um, he brought up something that I thought was more of a game club idea that would be interesting to discuss since Derek's participated in two of them now. Um, he said that when he was playing it, he had to use a game guide to beat it in order to stay with the schedule we had because you know he's an adult and he has a job and a life and. He didn't have time to dedicate lots of time to just figuring it out on his own, so he used a guide. Um, And he said that he was wondering, like, what he felt like it might have robbed him some of that experience, you know, because I was thinking back to when I was a kid and playing this, and Turtle Rock took forever because of having to discover the bombable places in the rock, Mm and there was no guide for me. I just did it all on my own. Um, And that definitely makes a lot more nostalgia for me. I think of it fondly and also frustrated as well but um i wanted to talk about that idea of when you're playing a game for game club and you have a timeline how i don't know it's good and bad because i think it makes you have to finish the game right but because you don't have maybe as as luxurious a pace you don't necessarily get to relish all the small things depending on this overall size of the game and i was wondering if you guys had any thoughts on that because i know liz that was always one of her struggles with game club is Mm -hmm. that she feels like because she has to play a certain amount that she's doing it like a job and it loses the fun. But if you think about it, how many games were you beating before Game Club? <laughs> Not a lot for me. I, I think yeah. there is a, a discrepancy there. And it's like if you focus on a game and beat it just yourself, it's way more rewarding 
It, it, you know, it it's, it, it's, it's more rewarding. I wouldn't say way more. It is more rewarding to do it all on your own, but then it also takes more time. Whereas yeah. if you use a guide, it does take less time, but it's still pretty rewarding. And I don't know that you lose quite that much, especially now that I'm adult and I'm an adult that I've played a lot of games before. Um, there are some really, really good games that I really liked, uh, but I don't. I, I think I'm just kind of old and callous now. I don't know I can be that blown away by, by games so much anymore. So it's likely that using a guide doesn't change that too much. I, I, I don't think it's uh, that much of a, of a discrepancy. And you can probably still use a guide and get a lot out of the game. I think so. I don't know. I, mean, I think the thing is it's just very easy to be addicted to a guide and yeah. start using one. Yeah, because well, I think getting through uh, Majora's Mask in the time, I had to use a guide because I find that 3D Zelda dungeon exploration is more difficult than the 2D. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, I wouldn't have gotten through it. And that's the kind of game that there's so much side stuff to it that you know, really want to relish. So I almost feel like Game Club is great for coming back to a game that you did kind of play with a guide so that you kind of know where you need to go for most of it. So then you can take a more leisurely pace and, and try and taste all the different delicacies. But then, you know, you solve the confidence that you'll get through the game in the, in the right amount of time. It still cuts down on a lot of the, like the, the crap. Um, I've, I've played through a uh, half of mother one and uh, mm-hmm. I tell you, I wouldn't have, I would not have gotten that far. I would not have had the patience to get that far if I didn't have a, a guide. If I didn't use Game Facts every once mm-hmm. in a while. But I, yeah. I, I really am not. A, I, I guess maybe I have. If you, if you do that, you have to have good discipline, like Ben said. You can't be too addicted to uh, to the guide. Just try and find the one thing that you need, and then put yeah. the guide away and, and close then go, it. Yeah, yeah. It's close so the window easy and go back like- to playing. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, because like as soon as you know what to do, you get to the next part, and it's like, well, that was so easy. I don't want to have to go walk around and find out what I have to do now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I forgot that to mention this during the discussion of the last boss fight, but I did it live right before the show. I finished it up, uh-huh. and uh, I've literally defeated him. He's in the process of talking to you and, and blowing up, right? So he finishes talking, and he's still exploding. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to drop a heart. And what I always do is I walk up right to where they are and stand on him so I get the heart as soon as, like, you, you erupt from the smoke and you, you have a heart. But there, he doesn't give you one. <laughs> yeah. But he still hurts you. Like, you still take damage. <laughs> and I only had half a heart, and I died. <laughs> right then. Right the final boss. Everybody's watching, just dead. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll make it into a clip <laughs> and add it to the channel here. Because it was just... Uh, like, yeah, I was like, oh, and game over. Yeah, so. but you had the you had the boomerang though. That's true. I made it a lot so, faster. Yeah, like I had to use arrows, and I ran out of arrows, and oh, yeah, you can't hit him with the, the hook shot. Oh, did you find tough, all of the um, all the uh, guy? He's like, oh, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna curse you by yeah. giving you more stuff to carry. Yeah, which I, which I, just I think found is one of those guys. Oh, there's there's three in the game, uh, and um. Yep. There's, there's powder, one, one, one of the mystic, one of the mystic forest. There's one by the, uh, the house. Oh, the ghost! Remember the ghost you have to save and yeah. you take him back to his house in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. I love that. That was so yeah. scary. Like when I was a kid, that scared the shit Didn't out of me. Did we talk about this? Yeah, 
Yeah, Did we, we talk about, about the ghost? It. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I love okay. the ghost part. It was a big topic point last so week. It's so good. <laughs> oh, that was um, so cool. Okay, you, so we need to... It's a good game. Wrap it up, but let's do our <laughs> final usual game club question, right? Verdict. Okay. So, let's see if I can remember here. Our questions we usually go over. Is this game a classic? Would you recommend it to someone else? Would you play it again? Is that anything else we should add there? I think it's pretty good, right? Yes, okay. across the board. Just... <laughs> All right, Derek Stunt. Ben. Is it a classic? Uh, I would say so. Um, would I recommend it to someone else? Maybe. And this calls to mind just the one problem I had with this game is that there is a lot that unfortunately is frustrating that has nothing to do with like any sort of legitimate challenge. And it's all like just design flaws. And I think this game has aged well in many places, but in terms of like the interface and just the fact that it's confined to this small screen and being a portable Game Boy game, there are just many things about it that aren't that enjoyable. Because like, as I found, like the screen being small and like the screen is constantly switching between different areas, mm-hmm. and I found that contributed most to my inability to ever really tell where I was, and like. Of course, even if you check the map, like it, I feel that never really gives yeah, you a good map idea is not of placement. Useful. And like even at the end of the game, like I was not one hundred percent on like, okay, how do I get to the the windfish egg from Mabe Village? Like I really don't know. It's like I just there were many places you could get stuck. So you feel there's accessibility and issues. I do, and as someone coming to this game, beating it completely for the. F- first time like i mean i think that's fair enough and i'm not sure if that would turn somebody off completely from this game because it was frustrating mm. enough at times where i was like i'm not enjoying this right yeah now. i always mm. use a but, could i have jen play it would she yeah. get through and those issues sounds like things that would frustrate her as well so you'd I mean, rec you'd recommend it with a postscript this is also a very old it was the fourth zelda game ever made yeah. so it's fair yeah. to say that maybe there was still some kinks working out with the zelda formula uh, and maybe just. I think it was more so just the formula on such a small just screen. The platform. Yeah. Yeah. And if have, the map have you wasn't played so Oracle of Ages or Seasons? Because I know those are I essentially have, the same I, games. I have, but I don't think I recall enough about them yeah. to really determine. Because I want to play those now because I, I wonder if the small screen issue. I think that's just something mm. all Game Boy games you just have to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. Well. I'm not necessarily sure if it was that or more so just how it was designed as around having that small screen. Um, Kevin's final word last week was about essentially how the entire map is very limited and how you don't have very many options of like where to go. Yeah. Thinking about this versus Link to the Past. Link to the Past, like you can, like it, they're wide open spaces everywhere. You can explore pretty much everything. And I mean, sure, you'll eventually like hit a dead end where like you need a certain item or there's just nothing there. Yeah. But you still have like the luxury of going anywhere you want, sort uh, of. Yeah, we and touched I feel on that last game, week. That was the the world doesn't even open up for you like yeah in, in any way until you beat the second level and get the power bracelet. And even then, and there's still, still only about a third of it you can't get to. I still feel then, even when you have everything, the world still isn't open because like. In any sort of screen, there's only, like, one or two entrances or exits you can go through, with certain exceptions. 
Like, you're, there was always, like, a cliff blocking you if you wanted to go up, or, like, trees in the way, and you just have to go through, like, these winding paths. It was built like a zone, and, right? It wasn't built like yeah. one world map. It was built like, no, here's this piece. No, it was, piece, like, just a pathway. Hook this piece onto this piece. It just felt like everything was pathways instead of a world. Yeah, I'll give you that. I still but there like was that, plenty though. of warps that allowed you to, to get... It, it wasn't necessarily world. it wasn't necessarily that it wasn't the speed of which you could get through the world it was just the fact that like you were just so limited in where you could go like if i was right above or like two little blocks ahead of like a warp point on the map it would still be confusing on how to get to that warp point because there's okay. a very specific pack, path this game wants you to take so and i didn't like that very yes much. or no recommend <laughs> yes okay i would uh, recommend but, but that caveat of yeah there's a like little you might bit. not like it as much as you would have if you played this mm-hmm. when it came out. Okay. Um, classic? Yeah or nay? Yes. I say yes. so. It's, it's my would favorite Zelda game, even though it is not the best. It's actually my personal favorite. And I, I can see why this would be people's favorite. It's really good. And I would play it again. I think it has more to do with, uh, I got this game when I was 10. Mm. And it was the first yeah, this Zelda game, game. This game is very nostalgic. It took me all summer. My birthday was in, is in April, and I got off my birthday. I didn't beat it until, I think, like the end of summer, like August or September. And, and uh, I played it pretty much that entire summer uh, on and off, mm. like camping trips and stuff. And it felt so good when I finally beat it because I didn't have any help from my brother. <laughs> beat it yeah, all yeah, by yeah. myself. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. 10-year-old okay. Derek did it. So yeah, I agree. I think it's classic. Um, would I recommend it? I think, yes, I would recommend it. Um, the only thing I would add to it is if you ever get stuck, you really should find one of those phone booths, talk to the mm. guy. I never did that as a kid. Um, and those stone slabs, yeah, useful. You should do those. Yeah. If you do those, yeah. there's far less annoying things in this game that you're like, mm-hmm. why was I supposed to go here? And yeah. storytelling, not the best because of it, but that's okay. I feel, um, I feel like if this game had some sort of update where you could yeah. have more than two item spots, yeah. that's yes. all I would need from this game. You switch menus way too many times. That's always been yeah, a problem. But that's yeah. just, yeah, I mean, that's how bad. it was. They couldn't do it any other way. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, an update, no I would, it. yes. I would play. I would buy and play this game again if Nintendo re-released it. Mm. Yeah, for more of a kind of Super Nintendo style, at least had a couple more buttons. That would hey, be hey, awesome. Hey, Garrett. How about another question to add to that? So we okay. say, is it a classic game? Mm-hmm. Is, and would you recommend it as a Zelda game? Because the, the Zelda series right. is, some of the, is, is one of the greatest series in all of gaming. As a Zelda game, what do you guys think? How does it stack mm. up? I think Cause, it's cause, one of the more exceptional Zelda games. Because like, Link's Adventure, Zelda mm. 2, I think is a phenomenal NES game. But probably the worst... Zelda, Zelda game. game. Yeah, it is still At a, a time, great game. Like there wasn't an established Zelda game. Though. Right, right. Still you have to put there's still that scrutiny. You have to put it up against, you know, mm-hmm. Ocarina and Link to the Past and the original, which I still think holds up, you know, remarkably well. You know, I I started playing through Link to the Past a bit to do some compare and contrast, but lost mm-hmm. time to do that, and I really I'm not sure. I really like this game a lot and the big detracting factor is having to hit start switch items all the time but link to the past i don't know something about that world that isn't quite as memorable for me i mean this is the first one i played uh link's awakening but in terms of versus the entire zelda genre 
I when I play this, I realize I haven't really played a lot of the Zelda games. There's tons of Zelda games out there, and I've only played Link's Awakening, Ocarina, Link to the Past, Majora's Mask. Like that's, that's it. more than me. I think I got halfway through Majora's Mask and gave up. I've never played about, the Nintendo one. I know I started playing Wind Waker, but didn't get very far. Yeah, me too. Uh, I started Wind Waker. I started the Wii one. Yeah, never got I outside of that still, damn town. I had things to do. Me neither. <laughs> I was in the town. Like, okay, I'm fishing. Like I'm, ra- do I'm wrangling up sheep. I don't care. <laughs> so I probably am not the best to say versus okay. the other ones, but the ones I have played, I think it's exceptional. I also think this is one that not everyone has played. I think it's a little more. If you're newer to Zelda, I don't think this is one a lot of people. I think have it's an older school one, but yeah, I, I still stand that. Uh, Link to the Past is the best Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love I Ocarina, that. but you know when you when you really measure things up, when you really look at like all of Zelda games uh, and just that that pedigree, I think Link to the Past uh, is is still very solid. The, really, that's the one that that is the Zelda game. They've been like more or less just taking that formula and either remaking it or just yeah. plugging it into 3D or uh, doing straight. <laughs> Little, small little variations on it, but really that's the only Zelda game that they've ever made, and they've just been kind of tweaking yeah. that formula ever since. <laughs> well, Majora's Mask. It's pretty yeah, fun. and there's one of the weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot to answer the what I played again. Yeah, this is one I've... It's just so playable. Even after I've beaten it, I feel like Lobo yeah. said the same thing. One of the few games I can just come back to and probably just play again from the beginning because mm-hmm. it's just that gameplay really solid it was short enough that i wouldn't punish that sort of decision yeah, so it's not yeah. so bad yeah, yeah. I, I didn't actually this deadline i had no problem yeah. uh yeah it was i think i spent more i was up last night thinking philosophically i've play, i think yeah. i've beaten this game maybe about five times now maybe more and this is and, and yeah still i'm starting to see more things with the story and, and this is the first time i really sat down and thought about the, like the philosophy behind the island and the people so that i think there is a lot for the hungry mind as well as the hungry gamer here. Yeah, Olobo makes a good point about the other Zelda games are very formulaic, and that is one of the problems with that series, is as they go along, they aren't doing drastically different things. It's kind of the same gameplay. This reminds yeah. me of our conversation we had, been about Japanese game development a couple of shows ago. <laughs> anyway, let's leave that aside. Anyway, let's yeah. sum this up. It's good times. Game Club, over. Let's take a break here. Let some people have some final words, and then we'll close out the show. It's the nature of dreams to end, and of dreamers to awaken. That's the message the Windfish imparts to Link at the end of this game, as we discover that the eponymous awakening refers as much to the ending as it did the beginning. And this is no ordinary dream, it's a fully realized simulation, a hallucination indistinguishable from the real world. And even as things start to come unglued and the nightmares start warning of the consequences of playing the instruments for the windfish, there's still that tiny skepticism that this is all totally real, mm-hmm, for sure. But it's not. In fact, if you'll excuse an armchair philosopher his anachronisms, it's almost as though Link is the first player of the Hyrulean equivalent of a video game. Well, that makes Link's Awakening a video game in a video game. But, as my dear friend Dominic Cobb would say, we need to go deeper. The dream state is a curious level of consciousness. We often feel compelled to do things in dreams, unable to stop ourselves even as we watch from outside our bodies. 
Link advances to the final challenge inside the egg in spite of the possibility that he could disappear along with the rest of the world. Ignoring our external motivation of completing the game, Link's character has no idea why he's doing this. In any other game, wired into a world that ought to be considered real for all intents and purposes, it could be any number of reasons. It's the right thing to do, or I need revenge, or somebody paid me a lot of money for this, and so on. But in our dream world, none of those need apply. Indeed, reason can be thrown right out the window. Look at all the little things that make a difference. Last week I talked at length about the rock's feather. I can easily imagine Link being as excited as I was to discover that holes were no longer an obstacle. But there's lots of other things. The way the hookshot can pull the masks off the helmosaurs. The ability to stick a bomb onto the end of an arrow and launch it like a rocket. An annoying shopkeeper that, lo and behold, you can steal from. These are all things that Link and his ancestors and descendants, if you're into that whole series chronology thing, have probably wished for at one point or another. Note how the veil of reality gradually gives way, like a curtain shorn from its rigging. Link finds the ocarina, an extremely important item for reasons I'm sure I don't have to explain, in the Dream Shrine, a game within a game within a game, if you follow. And what happens when he finds the magnifying lens? Well, he recreates a Goraya on the shores of the island, who trades him a boomerang, which turns out to be more powerful than ever. If that isn't wish fulfillment, then I don't know what is. Of course, all games play with these concepts just by their very nature. Some even grapple with their place in reality, messing with our heads in the vein of Killer7 or Metal Gear Solid 2. The thing to remember is that unlike the heroes of our virtual worlds, we always have the option of waking up. It's as simple as turning off the power. For Fangamer, I'm Kevin Williams of the Dream Police. Let's close out the show here. First, thank you, Derek, for joining us again on Game oh, Club. Oh, yeah. And I, I got oh, yeah. to suggest one more time. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I love doing these. It's always a lot of fun. You guys, like, you guys, you guys challenge me to play games that I've never done and also to think about them in a different light. So, yeah, I What's really enjoy it. Game Club, Derek Alexander. And uh, <laughs> also, I, I got to suggest again, if you want to do a Game Club and, you know, Halloween's coming, Sweet Home for the Famicom, you can oh, get sweet it. Sweet Home. Oh, I'm man. telling you, it is one of the best games I ever played. <sighs> Best RPG on the NES and uh, one of the best stories I've ever of experienced. Should do a can can you get that as like an yeah? Can you get that as an NES reproduction? Yeah, uh, I want to play that on the TV. A a friend of mine got it for me for my birthday last year, and I was like, oh, and I was like, he just got it on a whim, and I plugged it in, and then I just I'm gonna give us a shot. Like three hours later, I'm like, oh, I gotta stop playing this game. It just (laughs) it just got me. Yeah, I watched your review on it. That. I was like, wow, that looks great. That looks super fun. So, yeah, probably something like that. Um, Okay, so some news here. Things I got to make sure we we do because we haven't been doing these much. If you want to leave us, email podcast at fangamer.com. Do that. Twitters, let's throw those out there. Derek, they want to follow you on Twitter. They got uh, Derek Alexander. That's D-E-R-E-K Alexander. Also, check out Starship Amazing. It's just at Starship Amazing. It's real simple. I'm on Twitter. Also, we got Facebook too. So, uh, facebook.com slash happy video game nerd and facebook.com slash starship amazing. There you go. Ben, what's your Twitter? 
Twitter.com slash Ben Kerrigan, C-A-R-I-G-N-A-N. Do you want to follow Fangamer? Twitter.com slash Fangamer. We tweet about Office Cam, podcast recordings, stuff happening around PAX. PAX is coming. PAX. We'll be it's there. PAX again. Um, let's see. What's the date for PAX real quick here? 26. 26th. Um, it's going to be a good time. you will be out there. Stop by the booth. It'll be in the same place it was last year. It was kind of near the lineup room, the main entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, Do we know if we're next to Mega 64? Oh, you know what? I'm not sure who's next to us. I don't know that I've seen that yet. So Probably not Mega I don't. Yeah, we had some... Actually, we had some good booth bros last time. It was the... Uh, Firehouse games. Firehouse games. Those were fun guys. Um, old scrappers. What else? What else? I got uh, some... Oh, I also have the projects. I'm, I'm doing I can plug those. Yeah, yeah. Go for sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, Starship Amazing. We just dropped a new record. It's called A Man Who Made a Choice. Um, I think... Most of the hardcore Starship Amazing fans already got it. Been a very, very successful record for us, but it's free. Go StarshipMazing.com. We have uh, uh, two records that are for free, a couple that are for pay, but they're only five bucks. Also, I have a DVD so available. Good. You can go to RetroWareTV.com. Check out the store. Get the Happy Video Game Nerd Volume 1 DVD. Also, check out uh, RetroWareTV. It's got a couple DVDs and T-shirts. And please check out RetroWareTV because they got a lot of great content. And we're always helping out uh, the new the new kids. We have a, a user submission forum and a whole fan uh, site. So if you want to review video games, go you go do your too. best and, and get them up on uh, RetroWareTV.com. Um, gosh, something else. Oh, And then I you'll have Fan Gamer begging you, say, please <laughs> be on our be podcast. Be on our podcast every be week. Podcast. <laughs> um, That's what you know see. at the top. You get that Fan Gamer money. <laughs> Next yeah. week, yeah. Liz is returning back to the show so tune in for that if you want to leave us a review on itunes we very much appreciate that um gosh just something i keep forgetting to do every week and then i listen to the show i'm like oh do that i don't know where it is at all so and buy our uh, shirts buy our stuff oh office cam on fridays huh? at yeah. 5 30 pacific time i believe whatever that is your time do the math uh, next week's show, I think we're going to do Anime Fun Time Show next week. <laughs> this is going to be a Stuff Liz Likes. Stuff Liz Likes show. Um, should, I, uh, should I just email Calvin? I mean, I'm serious. You guys should have Calvin on that show. He'd be really good. Anime uh, cast? i got to watch a lot of anime. If, if, be, if you got room good. for it. Yeah. It <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. We're going to tune out now. Thank you for listening. Uh, news for whatever the next game club will be up in the forum thread and we'll put out on Twitter. Not sure what it's going to be. Hoping we should probably wait until after PAX. Yeah, actually, it's not scheduled to happen until after PAX because in the next couple weeks, we are very busy. We are all over the place. So, yeah, it's not scheduled for way out. So, it'll be a little summer break. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your podcast. Scare Rosa signing off. Later. Adios.